Why does alcohol get you high? Because it kills your brain cells, and the more brain cells you kill, the more punch drunk or dingy headed that you get. Yeah. And then it forces your remaining living brain cells to work harder and work a little bit differently such that alcohol alters your state of consciousness until you stop taking it and then the next morning your some of your brain cells have grown back. Uh, marijuana does not um, create the psychological relaxation and the, this effect by killing brain cells. It actually causes um, brain cells to talk to each other in a, in a more efficient way. It mm. integrates, for example, the right and left hemispheres of the brain. And mm. so any alteration of the brain, whether from alcohol uh, by killing brain cells or from marijuana by enhancing how brain cells talk to one another, will essentially change your ordinary state of consciousness. Hey fellow brain pickers, do you have an upcoming book launch and want to sell thousands of copies in your first week? Getting booked as a guest on podcasts is the number one way to become a best-selling author and getting your message to the masses. My company, Geffen Media Group, gets inspiring authors booked on top-rated, targeted podcasts, and we do all the work, so all you have to do is show up and rock the mic. Head over to geffenmediagroup.com to get massive exposure. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 156 of Can I Pick Your Brain? Are you pro or against cannabis? My guest today is a world-renowned physicist who believes that everyone should be consuming cannabis daily. Clee Irwin is the founder of Irwin Naturals, an award-winning natural supplement company with products in over 90,000 retailers across the globe. Clee spends most of his time dedicated to quantum gravity research and philanthropic ventures and has invested and supported a range of causes, including Change.org, Upworthy, Donors Choose, Moon Express, the X-Prize Foundation, and Singularity University. In his latest book, Pain Nation, he discusses how the miracle molecule of the cannabis plant helps with countless medical conditions from chronic pain and anxiety to epilepsy and even cancer. In this episode, Klee reveals the biggest myths about cannabis and the shocking truth. Why the cannabis market is going to be worth $22 billion dollars by 2022, why CBD is the solution to the opioid crisis, the reality about getting high and staying high, how consuming cannabis heals illnesses and improves health, and much, much more. So without further ado, I welcome Clee Irwin. Clee Irwin, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited. I've been waiting for this. I am really excited. I was going to say that, you know, I was on a high just, you know, when I was preparing for the show, but, you know, I've never been high. Um, (laughs) Bad joke. Bad, bad joke. Oh, my goodness. Um, Okay, so I'm a total, like we we did just before we hit record, I was was telling you, Clee, that um, I'm a total virgin to the uh, cannabis space. In fact, you mentioned 
marijuana, and then you also mentioned CBD, and I thought they were the same thing. So it just goes to show how um, <laughs> totally ignorant I am in this space. Um, mm. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this that have a preconceived notion towards cannabis and marijuana. And uh, I'd love for you to, I guess, shed some light on it because it's a very controversial topic. It's very big right now, especially with all the legalization of it um, and the amounts of money that is literally <laughs> pouring down into people's bank accounts, whoever's opening up uh, businesses in the cannabis space. So I want to touch upon, obviously, because it's a business show, I want to touch yep. upon the business aspect of cannabis um, and where that's going. And also, obviously, the health aspects that you talk about in your uh, new book, Pain Nation. Um, yes. The subtitle to your book is Sick, Stress, and All Effed Up. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say the word F because... Uh, my son sometimes listens to this. Um, yes. Is CBD the cure to yes. that? Um, let's start with, first of all, um, how did you get into this? I mean, I know that you are um, you're a physicist, uh, serial entrepreneur. Uh, you've got an award-winning global uh, supplement company, um, Owen Naturals. And uh, I think you're in over 90,000 retailers across the globe. Is that right? With health products? Correct, yes. Okay. Um, you also are involved in um, quantum gravity research. Um, totally not going to guess what that is. Can you explain what quantum yeah. gravity research? Yeah, let's start there. Um, well, I can stretch back to the, to the beginning yeah. um, and say that in my, in my early 20s, I formed uh, my company, Irwin Naturals, and my interest was to build a business um, in the in the new um, category that had really emerged when President Clinton signed the uh, Dietary Health Supplement and Education Act of 1994, it allowed um, companies like us that produce what we call nutraceuticals, which is a fancy word for using, you know, herbal vitamin uh, molecules from plants and other sources to uh, help treat conditions, just like pharmaceuticals help treat conditions with synthesized chemicals. So that, that allowed a lot more uh, marketing flexibility by creating a new, a new third category mm -hmm. um, to be added to the previous two categories, which were just foods on the left and drugs on the right. And there was not a third category um, for people to navigate how you can market and advertise uh, you know, herbal plant medicines. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we're a legacy company. We were we started the same year that this new law was enacted, which was the beginning of a tsunami of growth that still continues, and that the U.S. essentially led, making it a mass market industry in this country, which then mushroomed out, and it's become a mass market industry globally. Mm -hmm. So then I did that for 15 years, and we built the company to one of the leading um, players in the space. And then I quit and walked out of the building and decided I was going to become a quantum uh, theoretical physicist. Because <laughs> we all do which that, right? Was, <laughs> sure. Yeah, that was, my, <laughs> that was my interest. You know, that would be my entertainment or my hobby or what most interests me in life. And uh, so 10 years into it, quantum gravity research um, is one of the larger groups in the world uh, working on a certain 
uh, unification physics theory. Mm -hmm. um, string theory would be an example that I'm sure most of your listeners have heard of. And string theory is an attempt, like all the other unification theories, to create um, a full picture of of what is reality? What is the physical structure? What is this construct we live in and how does it work? And if we could ever figure that out in precise detail, we would be able to have perhaps Star Trek level technologies 200 years early. We'd, mm. It would impact genetics, it would impact energy production and countless other things. And um, so the, the funny thing is that we have these two theories of physical reality that are like the pillars, which is the theory of space and time, which is Einstein's theory of general relativity. And that allows us to have GPS, for example, on our phone and, and a lot of other things. It allows us to understand that black holes must exist even before recent um, observational evidence of black holes. And then the other pillar of physical reality is the theory of quantum mechanics mm -hmm. and that essentially explains pretty much everything else explains particles and the problem is these two theories that are both at least partially correct because they make predictions about our natural world they violently disagree with one another mm -hmm. implying that the other is incorrect and has deeply flawed assumptions and so most physicists searching for this holy grail of unification physics, um, acknowledge that probably one or both of the theories is partially incorrect. That is, it has assumptions in it that are incorrect, even though uh, part of what, it can, what the theory predicts uh, is, is realistic. So, so that's what I've been working on for, for these uh, 10 years. And then about a year and a half to two years ago, CBD caught my attention mm -hmm. and so it's an interesting story this CBD story and how it in, how it relates to the rest of the world so as an American I can admit that we have historically been the planet's most racist country and that can be evidenced by the fact that when the rest of Europe had had the epiphany that human slavery was unethical and in contradiction with their religions, America didn't get the message. America continued for many, many, many decades after Europe had abolished slavery. And in some sense, it was because perhaps we put money first and it was a money-making bonanza to have slavery for certain industries like the cotton industry mm -hmm. and so it required a civil war for this country to break free of slavery and um and there are like and and there are other evidences like as the most technologically advanced country in the 1960s we put a man on the moon first and at that same time we had laws in some states that prohibited black people from sitting in the front of a bus or drinking out of a certain drinking fountain or, or using a restroom. Mm -hmm. And um, and so we have that history, right? Yep. And so prior to 1970, marijuana, the plant that can get you high, mm -hmm. was perfectly legal because there's never been a recorded death 
from ingesting any quantity of this plant ever in the history of medicine. And so the U.S. lawmaking officials, which, you know, in 1970 were still relatively racist compared to today, had no problem prior to the, that period with black people and Mexican people using this plant. Um, and what, what the case was is that you could say that the white man's drug of choice for mm -hmm. recreational pleasure was alcohol. Every congressman in America probably at that point was, you know, drinking gin or, or bourbon. And there was nothing unethical about it because culture said you can get high on alcohol, you know, drunk, high. What's the what's the difference? Yep. Um, and that's fine. And the fact that blacks and Mexicans could not afford distilled spirits was seemed okay that they would turn to this plant that could a weed basically that could easily be grown because they had historically used it you know and indigenous people have used it around the world so it was not a problem mm -hmm. but then in the 1960s the college age children of the lawmaking white elite in america they began using marijuana as their drug of choice instead of their father's drug of choice which was alcohol and that was just too much so once the white kids started using it, uh, they slapped down a law called the Controlled Substances Act of 1970, and they made the whole plant illegal, even though there was absolutely no medical evidence for uh, its harmfulness. Okay, uh, let me cut. Can know. I cut in? So, yeah, yeah. But today we know that it's considered a gateway drug, which means, yeah, great, cannabis doesn't actually, marijuana doesn't do any, may, may not do anything like it may not cause death but it introduces you to the next drug on the ladder and then you end yes. up with ecstasy and heroin and yes. cocaine right yeah yeah uh so ironically that was part of a disinformation campaign in the 1970s where richard nixon for example was caught on tape saying you know we need to get this drug out you know that the blacks and mexicans used and it's a well-known thing. And so he, they introduced a disinformation campaign. And we can give your uh, listeners links later, mm -hmm. if you like, on the fact that academic research has now shown that, in fact, marijuana is not a gateway drug. And conversely, it is actually one of the only effective treatments for heroin addiction, opioid addictions, and it actually tends to cause people to get off of, of dangerous drugs. And there has never been any clear study that indicates that it's a gateway drug. So, But if you look at and, most people who are on heroin or, or cocaine, they started with marijuana, right? That was usually how they... Ac actually, they started with alcohol. And nobody okay. calls alcohol a gateway drug. But every single heroin addict before... They were a teenager and got access to marijuana, which is trickier to get access to. Mm -hmm. They got access to the whiskey in their father's, uh, you know, liquor cabinet mm -hmm. and began experiencing altering their consciousness the way their fathers did with that drug. And then they tried cigarettes and then, you know, yeah. so, so, so 
one could say anything that one might have used before heroin is a gateway drug, but the clinical research is showing that it's actually deeper psychological pains like child abuse and all kinds of other insecurities that cause people to use alcohol, heroin, or any other uh, uh, substance abuse mm -hmm. uh, to essentially self-medicate themselves. Um, but anyway, so then just continuing with the little historic Wait, narrative. Wait, so can I, I just want to yeah. ask this question. So let's just for, for a second say, okay, cannabis doesn't necessarily lead to um, cocaine and, and, and heroin, but even just the, the drug itself, I mean, the, 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 from what I see, again, I'm, just, I'm, I'm your average guy who doesn't know uh, a lot about the science, the science behind it, but what I see is it, it seems to dull the mind. When I, when I see f friends of mine who are, who are smoking up, they look very like tired or kind of just, you know, you, you picture a very lazy kind of just someone who's just bumming around when you think about smoking up marijuana. Sure. Um, actually, um, that's the way I picture people who use alcohol. Two, three drinks into the evening at the bar, mm -hmm. I see somebody with cloudy eyes. I see bar fights and violence yeah. tend to start. Um, marijuana, conversely, does not cause bar fights or violence. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, there's uh, studies that show um, that, and these, this is all studies that are being done at the academic level. So studies show that people who smoke marijuana actually are more productive than average, more socially integrated into society than average. Now, if you pluck out those who abuse marijuana because they have deep depression problems and they're sitting around, you know, smoking marijuana all day long, mm -hmm. you have the same thing that you have with alcohol. Now, there's nothing wrong with my mother having a glass of wine with dinner. But there, is, there would be something wrong with a person throwing away their whole life by drinking, uh, you know, a pint of hard liquor every single day. So you're saying that people are abusing a substance that really is actually good for you, but the abuse is the issue. A absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, so, then, so then it became illegal in 1970, put onto the Schedule 1 list of the Controlled Substances Act, which was equal to the harmful drugs such as heroin. Mm -hmm. um, again, no support from academia, no medical literature or clinical studies show that there had ever been a death, no evidence showing it was a gateway drug. It was, it was much more of a political process motivated by racism. So then the, drug, then the plant was illegal for... Um, well, ever for for half a century, ever since 1970, mm -hmm. which 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 just as with alcohol did not stop or curb the use of the plant. So in America, uh, the religious right at one point, the women's suffrage movement, managed to lobby some people in Congress and get Congress to actually pass a law saying that alcohol was illegal because they thought it was uh, sinful you know, against their religion. And they pulled that, that amazing uh, publicity and lobbying coup off, but not a single member of Congress who was drinking alcohol before prohibition uh, 
stopped drinking alcohol during prohibition. It just simply doesn't work and didn't work. And in America, just sucked all of that revenue out of police departments and schools and put it into the underground crime industry and literally created the American mafia. And then once they had the epiphany eight years later, realizing that that's ridiculous, it's not the job of a democracy or a government to play you know, someone's parent right. as a grown adult in a, in a society and say that you can't, you can't have a beer, right? Mm -hmm. So we, so, but unfortunately with marijuana, it didn't, you know, the V8 moment of hitting your head and realizing, oh my God, what was I thinking? Instead of taking eight years as with prohibition and alcohol, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's taken over 50 years. And it's a very big epiphany because it was completely silly so what happened, so now, so now coming to CBD. So in Israel at the Technion University, mm -hmm. Raphael Meshulam discovered a system or did work that led to the discovery of a system in the body that had evaded uh, observation by medical doctors that paralleled the immune system just as important and just as ubiquitously distributed throughout every cell in the body which I'll, I'll explain in a minute. Mm -hmm. So, so what, we, what we have is we have a plant where the scientific name is cannabis. And then we have a legal word, which is not scientific, called marijuana, and another legal word called uh, hemp. So hemp and marijuana are the exact same plant or species called cannabis. Okay. And, and so legally, when the, when the cannabis plant can get you high or contains more than 0.3% THC, which is a plant chemical, uh, then it's legally labeled marijuana. And when it has less than 0.3, it's legally called hemp. And um, so in any event, so in, in uh, the first part of this year, President Trump signed into law the Industrial uh, Hemp Farming Act of 2019, and that made the hemp plant legal again. So it had or, or medical? Uh, neither. It makes the plant legal, just as legal as potatoes. So you could sell it, buy it, no problem. Yeah. Again, okay. hemp, non-psychoactive no THC or nothing more than, than a third of a percent of THC. So okay. it can't, it's non-psychoactive. Okay, so, so, and it never, it never should have been illegal in the first place. It was a case of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. The people in the 1970s, uh, once, you know, the, the white, you know, college kids started using that drug of choice instead of their father's drug of choice. Right. They made the whole plant illegal. They really never had any intention of making the plant that can't get you high. So are you illegal. saying that hemp is good for you, but cannabis or marijuana is not good for you? No, of course I'm not saying that. Marijuana, there has never been. There, so in the drug industry, we have a term called LD50, which stands for the lethal dose mm -hmm. That uh, or fifty percent of the lethal dose. So yeah. some things have an LD fifty. Like if you keep taking alcohol, for example, has an LD fifty. At a mm -hmm. certain dose, you die. Die. Okay. Um, and other things, um, 
like watermelon, do not have an LD50. There's no dose, no matter how much, that you can take of watermelon and oh, die. I'm so cannabis, I love watermelon. <laughs> cannabis, uh, marijuana is, <clears throat> is a plant that can get you high, but it has no LD50. It's not, uh, it's not particularly harmful for the body. Um, it doesn't induce violence. It doesn't lead to liver. And it doesn't kill your brain cells? It does not. Ah, great question. How, why does alcohol get you high? Because it kills your brain cells. And the more brain cells you kill, the more punch drunk or dingy headed that you get. Yeah. And then it forces your remaining living brain cells to work harder and work a little bit differently such that alcohol alters your state of consciousness until you stop taking it and then the next morning your some of your brain cells have grown back. Uh, marijuana does not um, create the psychological relaxation and the, this effect by killing brain cells. It actually causes um, brain cells to talk to each other in a, in a more efficient way. It mm. integrates, for example, the right and left hemispheres of the brain. And mm. so any alteration of the brain, whether from alcohol uh, by killing brain cells or from marijuana by enhancing how brain cells talk to one another, will essentially change your ordinary state of consciousness, mm -hmm. right? And so, <clears throat> so anyway, so in, 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 in the 1980s, this, this professor Meshulam in Israel just, uh, makes breakthroughs because in Israel it wasn't as, um, Israel is just a little bit more of an of a academically logical country. You know, if they saw yeah. something that, you know, in America, researchers at universities could not even do research on, on this plant. Wow. But in Israel, it wasn't, it wasn't quite as, um, you know, conservative, let's say. So mm -hmm. he was allowed to do research. He discovered this endocannabinoid system. So what is this system? So cannabinoid is a class of chemicals made by the cannabis plant. And again, hemp is cannabis. Marijuana is cannabis. So they make cannabinoids, mm -hmm. molecules. So he discovered that the human body also produces cannabinoids. Hmm. And, it, and so endo means inside. So we produce cannabinoids inside our body. So we call them endocannabinoids. How do we, how do we produce them? Uh, well, they, it's, it's produced by, you know, molecular assembly. For example, some, some molecules your body cannot assemble. And so you have to um, ingest them from your uh, food, like, say, vitamin C. Your body okay. cannot manufacture it. If you don't consume it from outside, you'll get scurvy. Okay. But other chemicals, um, such as testosterone, your body assembles from other molecules that you have to eat. Okay. So um, cannabinoids, um, or the primary molecules in the cannabis plant, those are produced, uh, those are one of the large set of molecules that are produced inside the body called endocannabinoids. So what are they for and what do they do inside the body? Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> they act on 
a receptor in your cells called the endocannabinoid receptor system. And for example, CBD and THC are cannabinoids, and those uh, two cannabinoids act on your endocannabinoid system. So it's like a lock and key. The, the so you, molecule- can't, you can't get to the same state as you could, or you can't get the same result naturally as you could by taking or consuming cannabis, essentially. Uh, your, your, uh, no, your, your body doesn't produce, uh, large amounts of cannabinoids. Cannabinoids are found in mother's breast milk because babies need cannabinoids for Mm. their development. Um, so let's talk about what, what this system is for. What's the benefits? For example, we know what the immune system is for. Yep. So if this system is as ubiquitous and important as the immune system, that is without the endocannabinoid system, you'll die, then what's the big deal? What does it do? Right. So, so every system in your body is talking chemically and electromagnetically to every other system in your body. And so within any given system, there are subsystems, like your heart, right? You can go in and there are subsystems of your heart. Mm -hmm. So the state of disease is a state where any two or more systems or subsystems in your body are not um, talking to one another. And so they, they get out of sync. They become dissonant. In some sense, your whole consciousness, your life, walking around, your health, your digestion, it's, a, it's, a va- it's like an economy. It's a vast, inter-resonating system of systems. And so just as, the in- just as the immune system protects us from pathogens that would attack us, um, the endocannabinoid system protects us when our bodies become out of balance. And now any, any system or system of systems in the body that becomes out of balance for too long will begin to malfunction. And the malfunction itself is what the medical establishment defines as disease. If you have a malfunctioning heart, you have a diseased heart. A malfunctioning immune system, you have a disease. Mm-hmm. So this endocannabinoid system, when you get out of balance, will balance you. Quite simply, that's the best um, layman's way to understand uh, what the system is for. So if your body is producing cannabinoids and then feeding the cannabinoids to your endocannabinoid receptors to balance you, then why would anybody need to take a cannabinoid produced by another living system such as cannabis? Correct, right. Um, And the answer is similar to the idea of insulin. So, 80% of Americans are either um, pre-diabetic or diabetic, if you add the two categories. Wow, that's crazy. (laughs) Right. So, why are Americans... Well, Americans are more diabetic and pre-diabetic than any other country because... Sugar. Sugar. So... So in any event, so when you, when you are putting too much sugar in your body, you overtax your natural ability to produce insulin and your body, your body can't maintain blood homeostasis of, of blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And so similarly, if you live in a modern city and you live a modern lifestyle, 
um, then you are stressing your body. For example, the human prim the primate is made to lay around and relax most of the day and then surge into activity uh, or emergency states uh, more infrequently. But the way really? we live, the, at least the way I, the I, way think, I live... Clear, yeah. I, would think the, I would think the opposite. I would think that back in the day, we had to chop wood and we had to like, you know, gather all the materials and we'd be constantly laboring throughout the day. And actually now we're so lazy because we just click a button and the light goes on and we click a button and the food gets warmed up. So Sure. Yeah, but that's but that's actually chopping wood is relaxing and exercising is relaxing and walking two miles a day is absolutely soothing for the body the, from the immune system to mental function. And so what, what I, how I live my life is if my body gives me an urge to take a nap, unlike my cat or unlike a human a long time ago, I, I, I decide, no, the mental, my mental construct of needing to do this and that in society means mm. that I'm going to drink some coffee uh. And I'll completely ignore my body's rhythm. And so by doing that, I've introduced stress because my body didn't get what it needed. Um, if I watch Game of Thrones, I put <laughs> myself in a state of, of, of psychological and physical emergency. My body doesn't really? know the difference. Sure, your body doesn't. That's why in a, in a horror movie, you jump. Your body uh -huh. doesn't, you know, or in a or in a Bruce Willis movie, you're clen clenching your knuckles, right? Mm -hmm. Because your body and your system doesn't know the difference between, wow, you know. Wow, so interesting. So watching yeah. all these action movies is stressing your body out. That's insane. Never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, and way. it goes on and on and on and on, right? A high school senior has to get, you know, five hours of sleep a lot of nights because they're trying to, you know, get into a good university. And then you right. get into a, your first job. And you have to grind away. And the, and the whole lifestyle um, is essentially not what we are genetically and evolutionarily um, geared for in terms of mental stress and the stresses that we put on the body by not exercising and moving and breathing properly. Mm -hmm. So we have some of the highest levels of diseases in the history of mankind like cancer rates are higher now than they were in the past. So, hmm. and then there's environmental toxins that stress the body, the chemical toxins we put in our food. Yeah, right? but hold on one second. The people back in the day lived much shorter lives. They died way earlier. I mean, nowadays we, we've lengthened our, we've lengthened the, uh, the lifespan, haven't we? Yeah, that's right. Because, um, but that's a different issue. So if you had an infection, in your in your foot, you know, a long yeah. time ago, you had a good chance of dying. Today, there's a, a snowball's chance in hell that you'll die <laughs> if you get an infection in your foot. Right. So we're able to chop out broken parts with surgery and replace them with machines or mm -hmm. other organs of other people who've died. And we right. have such vast technology that we're we've got a lot of band aids. But it's very well known that at least in America that there is a, a health uh, kind of crisis and epidemic raging the world's highest levels of childhood type 2 diabetes and and on and on and there's um, a lot of depression and people killing themselves as well oh my goodness oh my goodness put it this way if you were to take america is four and a half percent of the global population about 120th okay. if you were to take all of the prescription opioids antidepressants 
and amphetamines, right? Like mm-hmm. ADD, I mean, ADD medications such as Adderall or yeah. Ritalin, right? These are, these are in the amphetamine class of pharmaceuticals. So you take those three 800-pound gorillas that make up a large amount of the, of the global pharmaceutical industry, and you were to put them into a big pile, because, of course, India, England, Israel, every, every country mm-hmm. manufactures pharmaceuticals and yep. give, gives them to their populace. Uh, so you add it all up, mm-hmm. and, and you put it into a big pile the size of a football stadium. Mm-hmm. You have this pile of pills, and you ask, hey, so what percentage of that entire pile of pills... Right. Does America eat? 80, 80%, right. Probably. 80%. Yeah. So clearly there's something wrong. Either we're a lot, lot sicker mentally and physically than the rest of the world and or we're, we have a medical system that is like quick draw McGraw, trigger happy to write a prescription like giving but surely, So I, I, I see where you're going with this, Clee, but surely my thought process would go okay let's cut it all out let's let's get people meditating more let's get them away from screens let's get them listening to their body stop drinking the caffeine and the sugar and consuming the sugar why are you going to a whole different like why are you saying okay now just basically consume cannabis um because i'm a realist and a practical person um i agree with you if we could snap our fingers and get everybody in the world to live a natural and healthy lifestyle, we could dramatically virtually eliminate pharmaceutical drugs and a lot of other disease treatments, a lot of surgeries would be eliminated. Mm-hmm. So let's say that that's our number one choice. Yep. And we can't, if we can't do that, what's our number two choice? So I wrote this book, Pain Nation. And in, I view that the American system is heading toward a precipice that is the the medical the medical the disease we have the highest opioid epidemic from prescriptions by the way that get that escape into the into the economies um we have the highest opioid addiction rate that we have ever had Mm -hmm. and we hold the world record on the globe for having the highest so yeah that's legal and yet cannabis is illegal, right, in most yeah. places. Yeah. And you're saying that the government is allowing a drug that kills people, but not allowing a drug that doesn't kill people. Uh, that's correct. And uh, ironically, I, uh, well, ironically, the drug that doesn't kill people, cannabis, is the only known highly effective treatment to get off of, of the crushing addiction of opioids. Uh, it's, it's just it's just almost a joke <laughs> that 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 drug is is what is now showing in clinical studies to most safely and swiftly and profoundly get people off of off of opioid addiction. Um, and when you ask why, it's complicated. But essentially, America. One of the reasons why we're you know one twentieth of the globe is is consuming eighty percent of of these pharmaceuticals. Is because unlike Europe or Israel, right, or Australia, we allow a, a form of lobbying, a, a, a magnitude of lobbying mm-hmm. from the multi-billion-dollar big pharma industry that would that is actually illegal in virtually every country in Europe or in Canada mm-hmm. or really anywhere else. 
And so then, then what happens is you get the laws get a little bit skewed, right? They evolve relative to how much influence you allow corporations through lobbying efforts to have on the elected lawmakers who are elected to protect the public. Mm -hmm. But it all happens, it's insidious, but it happens almost innocently. No, one, no single lawmaker is, is, you know, is, is necessarily devious, like in a TV movie, but it's a system. And then, and then that same system of, of that, that multi-trillion dollar pharma industry, that also then influences the medical establishment in America. And then it, in America, we're allowed to play glorious TV commercials that make taking a pharmaceutical drug like Prozac look like it's it's the best thing since sliced bread. But surely, but the, most, the, if the government legalizes cannabis and then creates it as a business, surely they could make just as much, if not more, money from that than all the other drugs, no? Well, uh, the government, well, of course, the government, you know, you mean the pharmaceutical corporations yeah, could make sorry. just as much money. Correct. Correct. So there's a company yeah. in England called GW Pharma that recently got FDA approval for using the cannabis molecule CBD mm -hmm. to treat um, certain forms of childhood epilepsy. And it's really wonderful really? because these were horrible diseases uh, of child epilepsy that actually had no... Um, no working pharmaceutical choice, so it's really good. And now, and now they're they're applying for other, you know, they're trying to get other other uh, drugs approved. Mm -hmm. So yes, the pharma industry has already begun to exploit the marvels of this plant, and it's not just CBD. There are 100 or so Strings. cannabinoids, and we're right. only scratching the surface of how these can, uh, can treat different cancers and different diseases, it's a treasure trove. We made a documentary called Pain Nation that'll be released this year. Mm -hmm. And we show researchers in the US and Israel at the top universities, and they discuss how these different cannabinoids are proving to be miraculous uh, treatments for, for disease conditions that had formerly been uh, untreatable. Wow. That's incredible. Where, where is that? Is that going to be on Netflix or uh, we're HBO? probably We're probably going to release it on Netflix, but what I also want to do is I want to make it open source because I'm doing that for more of philanthropic reasons mm -hmm. like I did the book, and I really want to educate the world that this, um, this demon is this, this... I'm a scientist. I mean, I've been a quantum physicist for 10 years, full-time, working with 20 PhDs. That's all I do. So I just look at things logically, mm -hmm. and 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 there 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 has been an absolutely non-scientific and illogical <laughs> witch hunt um, that was motivated by other motivations, you know, at the time, and it just held, and you know, since 1970. So now we got to make up for lost time as America is experiencing a health crisis, and we need we need to make CBD legal and widely known. So this year, President Trump and Congress made it legal. It was by vote of 98% of Congress. So virtually every, every politician from the most religious conservative right to the left fully agreed that there was never any reason that the hemp plant, since it can't get you high anyway, 
should have been illegal. And it turns out to have a treasure trove of medical benefits. So now it's legal. And, okay. And I'm going to ask so you a very yeah. blunt question. Yeah. You, you ready yeah. for this one, Klee? Oh, yeah. Yes. Because I, I kind of, I can almost hear like the listeners wanting to ask this question. Are you, are you invested in the cannabis space? Like oh, yeah. Well, Ir yes. Irwin Naturals, the company that I founded 26 years ago, mm -hmm. is, um, is, is launching CBD products. But I'm kind of... Oh, okay. So, so the obvious question now is going to be, is everything that you're saying maybe to profit, like to put money in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm asking this obviously for the sake of, you know, the listeners right. listening in, there right. could be that... You know, oh, this guy, of course, he's going to talk about the benefits of cannabis and how amazing is. He's going to make a fortune. This, right? I, apparently, what, yeah. it's going to be worth $22 billion, this industry, by uh, 2022. 2022, yeah. right. Well, of course, to any listener who would pr presume that, um, if I were doing it just for money, I would never admit it. So what's, so what's <laughs> the point of asking? However, however, I will say this. You can just kind of look at the writing on the wall. I quit business 10 years ago to do nonprofit science because I want to give back. I also gave away a million dollars in CBD a few months ago because I wanted to give back. And I'm also selling CBD for one-third the price of what everyone else is because the other companies are riding the bonanza mm -hmm. of this tulip craze where currently the supply and demand delta between the ability of this country to grow and produce CBD relative to the people wanting to now use it now that it's legal is temporarily pinched. And so what the other companies are doing is they're milking the situation and selling CBD for a, a one-month supply for $100. Mm -hmm. Now, that may be fine for most of your financial type of listeners, but the bottom 20% of America with their credit card debt and their, their, their expendable income has no access to this life-saving plant medicine. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the people suffering from this runaway opioid epidemic are among the lower 20% of income earners. So the people who need it most can't get it because of how capitalism works. In other words, if you can sell it for a lot, go for it. But how do about this? Do you, yeah. Yeah, go on. Well, how about this? What if you and I, after this podcast, mm -hmm. uh -oh. what, what if we were in the middle of a zombie apocalypse and 50% of the world had been uh, zombified by the zombies, right? Okay. And, you and, I were, and you and I accidentally discovered the cure, the antidote, the serum, yeah. and we could save the world, right? Yeah. Now, we could, we could either rub our hands in glee and, <laughs> and imagine how we could become trillionaires because, yeah. after, all, that, after all, that's capitalism. Sell mm -hmm. it, you should sell for whatever you can get away with. Okay. But in that case, because it's a zombie apocalypse, maybe it would be a little bit unethical for us to try to make a lot of money off of it. Hmm. And instead, we could sort of give it away, at least to people who couldn't afford it. <laughs> right? And yeah. so similarly, that's how urgent the healthcare and the mental care crisis is in America right now. And CBD is the only right-in-our-face, practical, viable solution and I make that argument in the book. It's hard to make the argument with the time we have right now, but it could yeah. tip the scales in a big way. And so I'm going out there and I'm basically using my company for philanthropic purposes. Mm -hmm. And I got my management to agree to, with me. And we're selling it for a third the price and no more than one half the price 
of the very lowest seller in the whole United States. And so we're doing that because we're not as concerned with making money as we are with doing good. Do you have children? I do. I have two kids, two teenagers. Okay. Which, how old is your youngest? Uh, the, well, one's 18 and one's 19. Okay. Let's imagine he was 11. Would you let him smoke a cigarette, uh, a marijuana? No. Why? Uh, he's 11. You know, I, I, but you I, just said it's uh, this is healthy. This is good for you. What? So what age? Why is there an age limit? Uh, well, you're mixing, you're mixing up a few things. I'm saying that there are 100 cannabinoids in CBD that medical research is finding target different things. Like one cannabinoid treats pancreatic cancer and another one treats uterine cancer. And it's a treasure trove. What, um, but, and, and I also said that nobody has ever died from the get high marijuana yeah. or the non get high marijuana. Okay. But I would let, I would let, I would offer you some wine if you were at my house, but I wouldn't offer your 11 year old son some wine. Right. So mm -hmm. it, it, the, we're speaking of the THC part. So when you asked, would you, would I allow my 11 year old to smoke the one cannabinoid that yeah. can get him high? I would say, nah, wait till you're a little older. If you want to experiment with, you know, drinking beer or, any kind of intoxicating substance. Okay. I hear that. But you give him sugar, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I try, I, try to, I try to keep it minimal. Right. Where do you see the business space going with... Like, imagine there's someone listening to this, they're like, oh my God, I've got to get into this space, you know, because there's so much money on the table here. Give some examples of where you see this going. Like, what kind of businesses do you see, you know, opening up? Well, um... CBD is being ingested now through um, a few primary categories, so people can start companies in these categories. So you can vaporize it, which is healthier than smoking. Mm -hmm. You can put it in your foods and beverages. So like you can find coffee shops in New York that are adding CBD to, to fancy coffee. You can uh, put it into candy like a gummy. Mm -hmm. uh, you can put it into a breath mint. We put it into. Uh, we also put it into soft gels, hmm. um, and uh, so so there. You know, by going online, you can see the different delivery vehicles, foods, beverages. It also works wonderfully for skin. Uh, there's a disproportionately oh, yeah, high cream. Yeah. Well, there's a disproportionately high percentage of these endocannabinoid receptors in the skin. And from allergic conditions to psoriasis to all sorts of things, premature aging, um, it turns out that cannabinoids or CBD acting in the skin endocannabinoid receptors uh, is quite special. And so CBD-infused skincare is popular and will become very big. So these would all be the categories that would okay. take different chunks of the, of the $22 billion pie that is projected to expand by the end of 2022. And how often should one be consuming cannabis? I take it as a daily supplement, you know, with my vitamin D or, you know, other thing, other supplements that I take. So I take about 40 milligrams a day with my other, you know, some of the other vitamins that I take. And have you noticed a difference since you started taking it? Yeah, quite profoundly. Um, so I have a little bit of the ADD style of brain type uh -huh. where, I don't like, where I don't like to focus on things that are boring to me, mm -hmm. like a 32-page contract. <laughs> um, 
And so with the CBD, uh, it it basically is known to treat these ADD symptoms, and I can and I can flow through that 32-page contract and really focus like a laser. Wow. Um, it also um, seems to it keeps me a little calmer, and the kind of calmness that I mean is like. Let's say I break up my day, I'm having a stressful day at the, at the office, yeah. and then I just kind of go for a 20-minute walk, and I'm just breathing deeper and getting my blood moving, and then right after the walk, you know, the, at least the first 10 minutes, I feel, um, uh, well, I'm a little bit easier to get along with. I think things yeah. through a little bit more um, smoothly, yeah. um, and this is because CBD... Um, so caffeine. So we have these four categories of brainwave: um, beta, alpha, theta, and delta. And each one is um, starting with beta is uh, longer than the other. So beta is very short and choppy, and uh, and alpha is a little longer. And so each each um, length of brainwave uh, is related to a different state of mind, right? A different way of thinking or consciousness mm -hmm. and at any given time you always have all four of these categories of, of brain waves like a like a signature defining each thought or state of waking or sleeping life so anyway if you take some cat some caffeine like a big cup of coffee you'll jack up your shortest wavelength which is your beta so you'll think kind of choppy right mm -hmm. which could be helpful if you're balancing your checkbook Yep. but not so helpful if you're trying to solve uh, creative problems on a standardized creative problem-solving test. Mm -hmm. That's where alpha comes in. In clinical studies, when you increase your alpha brain waves, you can score higher on those intelligence tests that measure creative intelligence. Mm -hmm. And um, so in any event, uh, CBD is, is shown in clinical studies to boost the ratio of alpha brain waves in your mind, which in some sense makes you smarter, if, where you measure smartness by the ability to synthesize information, that is mm -hmm. you take one idea, combine it with another idea to create a third idea, uh, so, or solve creative problems. So anything that requires that form of intelligence uh, is enhanced by CBD. So that's why I take it. Incredible. Wow. Okay, we've come to the, to the end of the the end of the show um and i'm very obviously mindful of your time as well clee um i want to end on a high ba boom <laughs> um so where can uh where can our listeners uh get hold of your book pain nation to find uh, out more sure uh pain nation is uh is on amazon and that's one you know that's in retail stores but the most ubiquitous place for most people to access is just let amazon deliver it um our movie pain nation uh, we'll be coming out later this year. We're hoping to get Oprah Winfrey or mm -hmm. some other major uh, celebrity uh, to do the voiceover uh, narration. And um, it, it may be on Netflix. But one of the things I want to do is release it open source because I didn't, I didn't spend the money on the documentary right. uh, to make money making documentaries. I really want to do this educational thing with my mm -hmm. life. And so, uh, so we're going to try to open source it on YouTube, like 4K you know, on YouTube without commercials. Okay, brilliant. And uh, if they want to obviously buy uh, the cannabis, they can go to owennaturals.com? Yeah, if they want to buy the CBD um, things, you can buy, You can find it at Vitamin Shop. In, okay. uh, you can find it at uh, many health food stores. Or you can just go to the irwinnaturals.com. That's Irwin with an I. 
So irwinnaturals.com website, you know, gets sent to your house. Okay. So we're going to add all those links to the show notes. Um, you can go grab them there. Um, Klee, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain. Oh, and, I loved it. Yeah, and thank you to all my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.